So hello and welcome to a new episode of Five, the podcast on female entrepreneurship and diversity. And today we invited Saskia Riedl from Arx Audio. She's a founder uh, based in Saarbrücken and we will talk today about founding a startup in the scene of arts, media and technology. For us, entrepreneurship is not necessarily about starting or running a business. It's a state of mind, a principle of life, and an approach to dealing with problems. This is Five, your university podcast on female entrepreneurship by the Munich University of Applied Sciences and the Strasheg Center for Entrepreneurship. We strongly believe in diversity. It's just so much more fun and exciting. Diversity in food, in cultures, in places, ways of living, learning, creating and doing things. It's this desire to explore that we all have in us to see new things. And yes, to be curious to look what's behind the next corner. Hello, Saskia, and a warm welcome to the podcast show five. I'm really glad that you're here today with us and that we can speak about your startup, Arcs Audio. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So um, maybe tell us just to start just in a few words, like what was your motivation to start Arx Audio and what is Arx Audio about? Okay, so maybe I start with what is Arx Audio before I start with my motivation. <laughs> yeah. um, so Arx Audio is, an, is a participatory audio guide. And I talk with visitors about what they see in art. So it's more about their perspective, what they see in an artwork, what they think about it, and um, maybe also what they wonder. And you get access to art that is more accessible for everyone, I would say. And uh, yeah, so you could actually hear what a pupil is going to say about an artwork or a uh, an uh, student and you get hey this is interesting and I can see why uh, the person likes the artwork and maybe I can uh, then also find my own access to an artwork and uh, see what it has to do with me yeah so this is mainly what Arx Audio is about and these uh, conversations are recorded and I make an audio guide out of it so you have three different perspectives on one artwork. For example, as I said already, a pupil, a student, uh, an adult. So it depends on um, who I can find to talk with me about art. And uh, yeah, so this is the main idea, I would say. And my motivation was that I wanted to um, make art more accessible for everyone because I think there's lies a lot of potential in it for yourself to reflect on different topics, on different um, ideas, and also reflect your own perception of things and to actually start um, thinking more critically. And yeah, so this is, I think, my motivation. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept, I think, that, and it reminds me a bit of When I was uh, in high school, like we had a really nice, uh, good teacher. And with him, we went to the Pinakothek in Munich. And um, I think it was this experience for me was the first time 
I really enjoyed walking through art because it was very participatory <laughs> as well. Mm -hmm. He always just asked us as a group of students like what we what we were thinking or what was our feeling when we were standing in front of the art piece and and then everyone started to ex exchange their feelings, emotions or what it reminded them of. Mm -hmm. And I think that was yeah. something I now even like 20 years after I still remember because it was mm -hmm. more as an experience and he kind of facilitated it through his way of I mean he had also lots of um, expertise but he didn't like you know stand in mm. front of the artwork and just like told us all the numbers and everything and then after one second you're overwhelmed <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. kind of like your thoughts uh, are drowning <laughs> yes exactly yeah it's like you stop listening I think yeah. and if somebody talks about what they like about something then you immediately uh, yeah get uh, get inspired by their um, by their feelings and by their emotions and what they see and uh, yeah you get kind of yeah get closer to the person it's, uh, to the person yeah and also to the artwork maybe yeah. and how do you actually pick the people participating in the like telling their stories about the artwork and um, yeah, how do you pick them? And is there also people involved, like more experts, like to have like the non-expert expert, uh, different kind of perspectives or? Mm, it depends. I mean, uh, it's not always easy to find people who are motive, um, who feel able to do it, I would say. So the people say, mm, I don't know, I cannot talk about art and I cannot talk about um, what I think and feel and who would be interested in it. So you have to actually tell the people, hey, but what you say is interesting and it can be inspirational for other people. So this is sometimes a bit difficult uh, to actually make the people uh, yeah, speak, self, up. <laughs> yeah, speak up or self-conscious, not, not self-conscious, but uh, to be proud of their own ideas and of what they think yeah that's sometimes a bit difficult but um yeah I actually I just ask friends I ask people who I meet uh, occasionally or, or, or randomly in a museum who might be interested in participating in the audio guide Uh, the museum network helps a lot. So there are people who are not experts, but they are really fond of the museum or really fond of some artwork um, they have in their collection. And so this is uh, mainly my um, pool where I can yeah, ask people to talk with me about art. And sometimes, yes, there are people who are experts, I would say, Not um, that they are the artists or the curators, but people who maybe come from the field. So they are not completely new to um, art and museums, but um, they have nothing to do with the artwork itself. So they can also get um, maybe uh, to talk with a historian about um, an artwork or with someone who is um, more in nature science, for example, that can also be uh, an interesting um, point of view. 
Yeah, maybe if it would be for the listener, maybe it's um, good to know a bit more about your professional background and then it might kind of um, important for also the startup that you created in the field of arts and media and technology. Yeah, maybe tell us a bit about what you're doing or what did you study and yeah, yeah what, what I started with maybe uh, so I I wanted to be an art curator so that's what I wanted to be when I was um, studying at the university in Würzburg and I studied museology art history and economics And uh, then I kind of got interested in uh, contemporary art. So I wanted to be an art, uh, an art curator. And then I started to study in Saarbrücken at the um, Academy of Fine Arts. And I started to study curating and exhibition management. And um, while studying there, I kind of got to the idea of, okay, um, you can make exhibitions, but who are the people who are coming and how can you maybe get more people to look at an artwork or to look to visit an exhibition and um, to start maybe to find also new people uh, to invite to your exhibition. And that's when um, I had this idea or this question in mind, what has art got to do with me? And that's where I started to, uh, to uh, yeah, think of the idea, okay, how can I get more people into exhibitions and into discussing art, although they have nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, and so I got to the idea of making more guided tours that are like that. So what do you feel? What do you see? What do you think? But then I also wanted to have something for the individual visitor that they can also have this kind of experience without taking a guided tour and so i thought about a way of making this accessible to individual visitors and so i came up with the idea of developing or designing an app where you can actually listen to it and uh, yeah so that that's the moment where arcs audio was born because uh, i Then ask a friend, or not a friend, but um, a fellow student, if he could uh, design or develop an app for me where you can uh, listen to these different um, point of views or different conversations. And yeah, and then I had to find a name for it. And that's where Axe Gaudio came from. So, so this is my background. So I started actually studying more historical art history, museology, And then um, with the motivation to make art and exhibitions more accessible to everyone, I came up with the idea of using audio, which every museum has, to, yeah, to, to bring forth my idea. Like from the point where you had the idea to actually launching it as a business, like did you participate in any like entrepreneurial like um, programs or... Um, in anything um, from the university or you just did it all by yourself and just asked different people for help in regards to app development or something? Mm, actually, yes, I just started <laughs> without knowing what I'm going to do. So I had the possibility, which was very nice, at the Museum for Art and 
science in Baden-Baden. So my professor was the director also of this museum and I um, introduced him to uh, this idea of mine and then he said, oh, nice, let's try this at our museum. So I just went there and had the idea of, okay, I'm going to ask different people who are around the museum and I just like spontaneously invite them to uh, comment on an artwork, which was not very successful because... Uh, the people were quite shy, and so I started to make this appointment with people. So um, it was more or less just like learning by doing, and also the development of the app and the design and uh, what is really helpful with um, the user interface, everything that's yeah mainly what you might maybe think of before. And then you just, I, I just did it and just tried stuff out so i i've never went to any um to any entrepreneurship workshop or anything else yeah and because of the interdisciplinary um concept of the academy of fine arts where you have also media art and um, film and communication design I had different friends who also studied there that I could ask if they could help me. For example, designing a logo and thinking about the name. So this was very helpful. Yeah, because I recently talked also with another university here in Munich, um, the Media Arts um, University and um, and theater. Yeah. And what they were saying is that in general there isn't that much startup vibe at their university. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people self being self-employed, but like really starting a, it as like a business, business concept, business model and all that. Um, so they try to um, come up with, with some programs. And um, so, yeah, I don't know how that was um, at your university or mm -hmm. from your... Um, um, colleagues um, and um, if there is like how is the general vibe you like from your ecosystem maybe also in um, Saskia is based in Saarbrücken so like um, what would you say like is there a lot of entrepreneurial vibe lots of startups lots of things going on or how do you experience that mm, so at the Academy of Fine Arts I wouldn't say so. I mean, there. I think when I finished my studies, that was in 2017, and that's where I also started with Arx Audio. And I, I don't know if that during that time there was this expression "startup" already very common, because I didn't really explain myself as a startup, as you said before. I always said that I'm freelancer and I do this and that. So I would never use the expression startup. And so in this, I think in this area where I'm located in business-wise, so the art world, I think no one would use the word startup. But um, otherwise, the whole um, situation in Saarbrücken, I think it's getting, it's getting more and more um, common that people 
do or um, develop startups, especially at the university. But the university is something different than the academy where I studied. So the it's not located in the same area of the city and it's quite different from each other. You have more the artists on this side and then more the tech <laughs> people on the other side, like up the hill at the university and also the whole co-hub stuff and what they um, actually, there is more this development of, of um, creating startups. So at the academy, there was not this, this vibe, I would say. Mm, yeah, I think that's quite, uh, quite common, this, um, what you just said, that um, the artists themselves or people studying more in the creative and arts, they would not use the words like startup entrepreneurship, mm. being an entrepreneur. <laughs> and it comes maybe more, yeah, from the business or tech-driven um, uh, world. This, however, I think it's um, especially this intersection mm -hmm. is uh, super interesting, I would say, for really creative and new innovative ideas if those people just get together. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, definitely, I, I definitely think the same. But it's just that um, sometimes you just, maybe I, I, what I needed would be, or I, I need someone who's more like in this management thing, like, okay, pushing this further, how can I grow and stuff? And I'm not really, sometimes I'm just maybe also afraid of, okay, taking the next step. And my next step is actually paying taxes now. <laughs> so I'm having this whole um, weird, still artist kind of view on um, on my startup, on Axe Audio. But I mean, it's a longer process for me to, to make it more like a really, like a business. And... Also, it, I think it also depends on what you want. Uh, also, what you want in uh, how your life and also your daily life is going to be structured. So how, how you yeah, spend your, your day. Do you um, also want to work on weekends? Or what, what does it mean to actually be like the head of a startup? Also, for example, from... For myself, I'm on my own right now. I have a, develop a developer who programs the apps for me, but otherwise I do everything on my own. And this is some kind, sometimes it's really exhausting and you think, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. But um, right now I'm actually thinking of, okay, how can I uh, make this whole thing or bring the whole thing to the next step uh, without also losing it too much because it's like this oh yeah it's like a little baby and you you've taken care of it since three years now and yeah but it's i think the intersection between management and tech would maybe also help me to take the next step so i mean i've been through a lot of um a lot of Uh, not a lot of, but uh, some workshops um, concerning entrepreneurship. But uh, yeah, so I have an idea on how to get there. 
but sometimes I'm, I'm maybe too afraid to take the next step. So I have actually two or three questions in mind now. <laughs> yeah. And the first one would be like, um, how is your, like the business model currently structured? Like, um, are you earning money from the museums because you, you get contracted by them or is it like from every user using the the audio guide or how does how did you set it up so far so far i set it up that i'm getting paid by the museum and because i don't want the people to pay for more accessible audio guide and then i have to pay for it and i think that doesn't really fit into my concept yeah so this is um my financial way right now and that's And then I'm also, of course, um, I'm relying on these financial funds that the museum also has. So this is sometimes a bit problematic. But um, otherwise, yeah, I also started to um, rethink my whole idea of accessible or accessibility. For example, that I'm not using a native app anymore, rather a web app that you can use in your browser and that you can just, um, yeah, that is on your smartphone. You can scan a QR code and then you can get directly to the interviews without down having to download an app or, um, yeah, you don't have enough uh, space on your iPhone and you cannot download it and stuff like that. So that's what I'm, um, what is completely contrary to the idea of actually having the people pay for it. So, uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to be relying on the museums and on um, public funds. Yeah. Longer, but yeah. So this is my business model. Actually having museums and other institutions paying for the development of an app and also develop developing the interviews. So with how many museums are you working with so far or? Uh, so I have uh, the one in Baden-Baden. I have two projects coming up in Luxembourg mm -hmm. with the casino. That's a contemporary art museum. Then um, last year I was in Nancy in France. Mm -hmm. where I worked with the Musée des Beaux-Arts de Nancy. And, uh, for example, that was funded by the um, Oh My Goethe uh, Fund. Is it Fund? Uh, yeah. Is it scholarship? Scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the Oh My Goethe Scholarship. So that was funded by um, the Goethe Institute and also the, the city of Nancy. So, for example, that's a different kind of financial uh, concept that I'm relying on. And, yeah, so maybe there are some other projects coming up, but they're not for sure yet. So Luxembourg is the next one. And, yeah, I worked with um, museums here in Saarbrücken and also did um, an audio guide for the Urban Art Museum. So it's a actually urban art outside and you can uh, walk with your smartphone to the different uh, murals and yeah so this is what i've done so far was there any specific reason you you've t 
uh, till now didn't uh, get any co-founders or anyone on board. So to kind of like, or would that be something you you would consider yourself as a next step? Maybe um, searching for for co-founders or like becoming a team of like let's say three or four. I don't know. Mm. At Yes, definitely, because I don't want to work on my own anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know why I started it on my own. I think it's because that I, as I said before, didn't think of the expression of a startup where different people are involved. I just started it. And maybe that's why I was on my own. And I'm still, I was still on my own because um, there wasn't, so many projects coming up because I, um, I talked to a lot of museums and say, they said, Oh, that's really interesting, but, uh, yeah, we don't have the money. Blah, blah, blah. And so that was a bit difficult, but I think, yeah. So with a bigger team and also, um, having people who are responsible for maybe social media or I'm doing interviews in another museum. So that's this whole idea of making art more accessible through interviews with visitors uh yeah would it it would be more productive i think and also i would get more productive because i think i like working in a team but i have still yeah haven't also haven't had the time actually to try and find someone. I don't actually know how to do that because it's not that i'm writing like an uh Uh, a job inscription or hey I'm looking for co-workers I don't know I, I think it like at the point where I am right now it would be more like I find someone who is also interested in the same field and who'd like to also think of new um, ideas what Axe Audio could also be for example workshops or something like that and so actually to bring also a new perspective to it not only just the interviews maybe there's something else what you can do with the idea of um letting people speak yeah so i'm actually looking for someone who's interested in the same stuff and who says hey what do you think should we maybe cooperate or can we work together and right now i haven't found someone like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the podcast can help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> no, but I think, like, I mean, from my experience working in the entrepreneurship center, I think that common steps could be, like, either, I mean, there is now lots of um, women networks, female networks out there, like, for example, Femantor is, like, Uh, mentoring um, I follow them on Instagram and it's growing really big and so you can be like um, for example even with your idea you can be again like a mentee and looking for a more experienced um, mentor mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. that could help you um, kind of like defining the next steps um, then we had for example an interview with the um, startup team Yesango and they started in a team of three and they found each other for example through a Founderio which is like a website where you can search for co-founders 
Mm, okay. Or there is like um, next month there is like um, we have at the STE, we have, for example, a format which is called Innovation Cafe. And each month there is like a different topic. And I think in April it should be also the... Um, the topic on female entrepreneurship and you can always pitch your idea in the start and you can say like, hey, uh, I'm Saskia, I'm, this is my startup, this is my idea and I'm looking for people joining in. Um, so I think that sometimes that's ex actually my feeling that there is like, there's so many accelerators, mentoring, but it's sometimes, it feels that even so, there is so much stuff out there. It sometimes doesn't uh, transmit to the people who are in need for that. So there is like still like especially um, what I was considering in the women's entrepreneurship ecosystem that would be, that it would be a good idea to have kind of a platform where you could just go onto one website and then maybe search by location or whatever, and then you get displayed all the uh, mentorships, all the um, um, different coaching options, the uh, where you can search for a co-founder or something where it's more like visible what you can do in and also in which um, depending on the phase uh, you're actually in. Like I mean, you already started, so you have experience. You tested the idea. The idea is working. You had like this iterative product development uh, cycles um, and now it's the question like how to grow it even further and I think that um, yeah that mentoring and also maybe even going to the entrepreneurship center um, for example in our university we have like a startup certificate program where people also from who haven't been enrolled before at the university could join in and then you get like coaching and you get um, like an, uh, an, a very uh, a free office sp uh, spot in the center mm -hmm. of Munich. And like some, I mean, it's not like a huge financial um, help, but it definitely helps. <laughs> and especially mm. like the the network and to be surrounded by people who, who do, who also start a business. Mm. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Just like maybe some yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. recommendations from. Yeah, that's cool. I think yeah. the the April um, the event in April could be yeah. helpful. Yeah. Cool. So so actually, I thought of okay, who I might need, and I said social media before, but right now when I think about it, also people who can do audio editing would be helpful because then I don't have to edit all the interviews on my own, which is like loads of work. So it's um, yeah, so that would be kind of good. But also, I like um, how do you say it? Like people who like to work um, on the idea of Ax Audio is also would also be nice because to have someone to um, actually like a sparing partner, something yeah. like that. I mean, in general, like I I think that in. A that's something like I was working myself in a, in a startup before and like we we were building uh building it up and I mean usually it's it's more of that I mean everyone has kind of their main expertise but then 
it's always like you have to be kind of like involved in everything. And I think that's also something um, that is like a major benefit <laughs> of mm. starting something from scratch because nothing is really like um, fixed or set or you just mm. have to do things uh, as a company did like uh, mm. all the last years or whatever. You can kind of creatively build up something new. Yeah. 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 Because maybe it's also like this thing I said before to be afraid of, to grow further is also, I mean, it has psychological wise, it has a lot of do, had, has a lot of, to do with uh, letting go. I mean, you also have to let go of something to make it grow further. And sometimes that's maybe also a problem people have, or for example, I have that I cannot let go because I have to involve someone else. And then I went, oh, God, if they're going to do it right, are they going to do it the way that I want to do? And um, I think that's a process that I'm still in. Maybe we can go back a bit to the um, topic about, like, why you started um, or what what you like about starting your business and um, if there have been any, like, role models or people um that inspired you on your way so the first of the first artist who inspired me in this kind of way was uh Finike Dijkstra she's a photo photographer from I think that might be I'm not sure <laughs> but you can look it up <laughs> and uh, she has this had this work at the Tate Modern in London and uh, it was um I see a woman crying where children, I think at the age of 10, maybe, like a whole class of them, are sitting in front of a uh, painting by Picasso. And you cannot see the painting, but you see uh, a videotape of the kids watching this painting. And so this was, like, you, you only see expressions and how they think about what they see. And I think that was really inspiring because at some point... Like you have like three minutes of not talking at all. And then at one point, a, a little boy says, oh, I see a woman crying. And then it starts to like, uh, like the whole conversation starts and the kids are talking to each other and what they see. And so this was very inspirational for me, like this whole work of Renike um, Dijkstra. Yeah. So this was, I think, the first point where I said, okay, art has so much to do with our inner feelings about, it has a lot to do with our, what we see, it has a lot to do with our perspective on life. And so, yeah, so this was um, one uh, artwork that really inspired me. So a recent, a recent, uh, she's actually, she's not an artist. She's a, a I think she's uh, engaged in political issues and also in literature. It's uh, Kubra Gümsche. Uh, she wrote the book, oh, I have to translate it into English now, uh, <laughs> Langu Language and Being, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's about how language um, defines us as human beings and also different languages are... Um, let us explain something in a different way. For example, English or German or uh, yeah, 
Danish or I don't know, uh, the, for example, Chinese or anything like the, that you have different expressions in different languages. And if you grow up in different languages that you find your way of talking and thinking and a feeling also in different languages. And I thought that's very interesting also um, having this idea of empathy in mind to actually being more understandable for people when they express something and also that it defines them somehow. And yeah, so this was a very interesting book for me because I'm also um, working with language and to express something in language that had been expressed in a picture and how do you translate it and um, how the different ways of speaking also define ourselves. And yeah, so this one's one recent book that I read that I thought, wow, this is really inspiring. Also, <clears throat> um, thinking about uh, social justice and also about women in literature and politics and also about sexual harassment to actually have a word for describing something. So, but this book by Kubra Gumshe, that was, um, yeah, that had a, a ma major impact on me. Yeah, I think um, I can relate to the topic of languages a lot by myself when I was, as I speak, um, also like, I, I have the feeling that I use different, even like um, gestures, um, if I speak Spanish or if I speak German or also what I like uh, speaking English, especially also in, in business context or for writing um, academic um, papers and stuff. I mm. prefer English. <laughs> and then when I speak Spanish, I have also very different gestures <laughs> with my hands and they get more like my whole body <laughs> reacts differently when I speak Spanish and then of course your native language German um, so I yeah and I was studying in a program with like 33 people from from 23 different nationalities and so there was a big cultural mix and um, yeah definitely language is a very um, interesting in how we um, interact and speak. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. And uh, like you said, there's different ways of uh, finding a language that fits, for example, to talk about something enthusiastically or to actually have something that is very clear and business. And so this is, I think, language is, is something that is going to. That I'm going to work on for longer, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, we gained like a super interesting perspective today and I really liked um, also talking um, maybe with someone who comes more from the arts and um, to have this kind of like approach towards starting um, their business or your business and I... Um, yeah, I wish you um, all the best for the next steps um, to kind of grow or um, diversify or, um, yeah, 
your your business and um, I don't know is there anything you <laughs> want to maybe forward to um, future um, to our students or listeners um, the famous final words or <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't prepared for that <laughs> but uh, yeah maybe just to have the strength and the braveness to actually do what uh, you like and what your your heart leads you to, maybe. I don't know if this is too, too pathetic. <laughs> but, yeah, just... Um, yeah, but basically it's uh, starting your business. I mean, it can have to do a lot with following your passion or following mm. something you like to do. Um, it can be more one motivation. I mean, um, yeah. money can yeah. also be a motivation. But <laughs> I mean, everyone finds his or her own um, motivation to kind of go on onto that path. Um, and as what you said, I think it's definitely worth to also sometimes just start and to experiment. And then to learn and to experiment further and to learn and to kind of walk the path, kind of. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think it's also, it depends on what um, personality you have. And I think that's also something that you um, get to know better and better if you um, do something from scratch or do something that your passion is, that you find out more about yourself and how you function and how... Um, you want your life to be. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks bye. for having me. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. <laughs> This was Five, your university podcast on female entrepreneurship. We hope that today's episode sparked your curiosity and leaves you feeling inspired and motivated to explore further. Follow us on Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, or Google Podcast to never miss upcoming insights on inspiring startup stories. Thanks for listening. And until next time.